Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. Something Positive for Positive People is a podcast featuring the experience of people living with and affected by sexually transmitted infections. Today's guest is living with genital herpes. Is that right? Yes. And her name is Adele Harnichkova. Well, you almost got it no. right. No! Let's, let's leave it there. Let's I, leave it there. I'm going to yeah. learn it. I'm going to learn it, and I'm going to say it right. Adela, where are you from? Uh, I'm from Slovakia. I'm from the capital, so Bratislava. And is that where you live now? Yes. Oh, so born and raised. Born and raised, yes. And how old are you? I'm 29. As Recently. of what? Two days ago? Three days ago? Um, on the 3rd of yeah, happy belated birthday again. Thanks. I saw you, you You got turned up and you went and got McDonald's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is McDonald's a luxury or something over there? Because, like, yeah. here it's, like, ew, gross. It's just cheap food. No, we just really like it. Oh, okay. And we, and we know that it's, we shouldn't supposed to eat it because it's, it's not good, but it's delicious. But it's still... Not healthy. Yeah, I saw your Instagram post and everybody was just smashing double cheeseburgers and chicken sandwiches and french fries. <laughs> pretty, pretty much, pretty much, pretty much, yeah. So, so you were just like, it's my birthday, I'm going to eat McDonald's. Yes, like, <laughs> you know, like, we don't count calories and stuff like that on birthdays. <laughs> yeah, and you also, you work out too, don't you? Yes, I work out. Yeah. Oh, okay, so you lift, do you lift heavy? Yes. Oh, yes. A lot of people say girls shouldn't lift heavy, and I think that now that we're seeing more girls who lift heavy who don't look like men, a lot of women are becoming okay with it and wanting to get into it. Well, I have to say, um, I I never was really afraid of lifting heavy. I always wanted, you know, be better, do better, lift heavier, and go faster. I'm this kind of person, so oh. you know, it's it's just another challenge. So, and I have to really, I have to say that uh, since I'm lifting like really heavy, I can definitely see changes in my, you know, physique and how I look. So, and I like it. So yeah, yeah, I sure don't look like a man. To a lot of ladies, <laughs> if they if they want to get that peach emoji, they gotta lift heavy. <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. Uh, all right, so you and I met on Instagram, and yes, we were right. messaging back and forth for a little while, and you came out and said, hey, I want to be on the podcast. What made you say that? Well, I just said, like, um, because you have so such inspirational people on your podcast, and uh, I, I said, what, what, what I literally said was um, that once when I do something or at least something, you know, um, for, you know, like uh, for the community or people here uh, suffering or having uh, herpes or problems with it or accepting it. Uh, and if I manage to do something, some changes, then I would probably or maybe made it, make it to your podcast. And you said, like, we can do it right, right away. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, I gotta I gotta catch people while they're excited about it and just ask them later because after we record it, yeah. a lot of people had second thoughts or um, just really? been yeah that's happened quite a few times and I always tell people you know mm-hmm. I would rather us 
re-record it or not even post it at all than go in and like have to edit it too much because that just takes way more time and the people who have bailed out of allowing me to post the podcast it still did something for them so i'm okay with it sometimes all you need is to be able to talk about it so for some people it was their first time talking about it and they just didn't feel comfortable with it being out there even if they used a fake name or only their first name a lot of the people just got what they needed out of it and are fine now like there's no hard feelings or anything it's pretty personal we all know Mm -hmm. We all know how it feels, but there's also people who come to the podcast who are not living with herpes or may have another condition that they are living Mm -hmm. with. And what's great is the guests that we've had on here. All of their stories have still been inspiring stories, even if it wasn't herpes, if it wasn't HIV, you still have people who talk about how they managed to deal with something that came with herpes, like depression, or how they were able to leave toxic relationships and begin to accept themselves and love themselves and express some level of vulnerability and opening up to a friend or support someone. So even if you take the STI out of it, if you remove herpes, then you are still left with a positive story of someone who's doing something good for other humans or even for themselves. So for you, we're going to talk about you. So we're going to talk about Adele, Yes. not the singer. We have to make that clear. <laughs> Unless you can sing, can you? Oh, okay. We probably just need to run some shower water. Everyone can sing in the shower and in the car. Yeah, the car, definitely. <laughs> that one person that's going nuts in the car, yeah, but only if I'm alone. Yeah. You said you have genital herpes. You're 29 years old as of the last 10 days. How old were you when you were diagnosed? Well, I was 28. It, I was diagnosed uh, like this April, so it's like, what, six, seven months? And how did you get diagnosed? How did you find out? Back then, I had a boyfriend, or yes, I was in a relationship. Yes, of course, we had sex, and after that, in a couple days, I felt discomfort, and I initially thought that it would be just a yeast infection, but then I felt that something is really wrong. So I went to the doctor, and doctor took a really quick look. I was in the doctor's office for 10 minutes, and he took one look, and he was like, yep, that's her beast. Yeah, so that's how it worked here. And I didn't get tested then. I had to really push to get tested at all. Did the doctor not want to test you? You know what, recalling the whole situation and thinking back, yeah, I have to admit that I was really overwhelmed and I was really emotional and I was in shock and I couldn't think straight. So I made a lot of misjudgments and I could have handled the situation much better. But yeah, I was so overwhelmed and emotional that I failed that situation. Because first off, my actual OBGYN was on a sick leave. So when I get to the office, and I was, you know, so thankful that they could, that they took me in, that I got an appointment, and there was another doctor. And I never saw that guy, and he never saw me. So here it works like, you know, you know uh, I was not his patient, so he didn't really care. I'm not his patient. I'm just there with a problem like this. 
and he, you know, just was like, okay, this herpes, here is your prescription, go to the dermatologist because we are not dealing with this. And that was all he said. Oh, another thing he asked me, and it was, I think, you know, bedside manners zero, he was uh, disrespectful. I don't know, like he was sm having fun. I was totally a mess and I was maybe a bit over dramatic to them i don't know and he asked um how is my little friend feeling and i was like uh you you mean my boyfriend or <laughs> you know they he was actually i don't know pointing out that i was i don't know um you know having casual sex probably or i don't know oh. so i was like okay um i want to go out i want to go home first off Wait, and I just went away from there because um, I couldn't even get myself to ask normal questions because I was I was emotional, I was crying and I was really in shock and I failed the situation. Looking back, it was silly. I could have been more pragmatic and asked about it. When that doctor said, how's your friend, was he talking about yeah. your vagina? Actually, what he wanted to ask if he would be a decent doctor, he would say if my sexual partner also has some problems or issues, you know. Okay. But he was like, you know, how's your little friend feeling? And I was like, okay, I don't even know you. Like, what the, you know, like, oh, what, what kind of question okay, is this? Okay. Man, like, whoa. I took that a different way because over here yeah. when we call little friend, it's usually I, like okay, referred yeah. to the genital area. For guys, yeah, at least. No. I don't know if that works for okay, women. No. So I had to ask. So when you left out of the doctor, you had your prescription. You didn't really have much information. You said you were a mess. When did you approach your boyfriend? Right away, as he said, I need to go to the dermatologist because uh, the, the dermatologist prescribes antiviral medication. So the OBGYN cannot do that. So I got a other prescription for uh, other thing I don't know what was that but uh, I think I had a combination of beast infection plus uh, outbreak so something else and then I just literally walked into another waiting room because it was in the same building and sit down and I waited to get to the dermatologist and I was texting right away I texted my best friend whoa what the fuck like this just happened to me and like she already know that I had some uh, discomfort and I was consulting the whole situation with I I talk everything I we talk we tell each other everything and so I texted her and I imme immediately texted yeah my then boyfriend but I think I mentioned to him as well that I have discomfort and I will go to the doctor so I immediately texted him like this is what the doctor said that it's herpes so right away I told him right away and what was his response to it well, his response was that he kind of panicked as well because, um, yeah, her business for life and da-da-da. So he said that it is it makes no sense and it cannot be... Like, he went to uh, get tested in February. That was in April, so, yeah, February, April. And he said to me that in February he everything was negative. But we all know all these STD tests don't include herpes. And I am, like, I am not 100% sure, but I saw no evidence, <clears throat> I'm sorry, saw no evidence that, yes, he was tested, and he was tested for 
this, 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 and there was herpes as well. So I have no idea. Mm -hmm. So basically, he sent me or forwarded me a message from his doctor, from this sex clinic or health clinic or whatever. But the text um, was just like, everything is negative. There is no need to for further, you know, treatment. So there was no information what kind of test, for what. So I don't really know what he got tested for. And after I told him that I've been diagnosed with herpes, he was like, okay, I'm going to get an appointment as soon as possible and I, I will get tested as well. So I was like, okay. But he was as well, he panicked. Yeah, well, he was uh, shocked. And yeah, then the next week he went for another test and that came, came uh, back negative as well. So I don't really know, I don't really know. But again, I don't know if he was tested for herpes. Mm. Because I, I didn't uh, see again any evidence. Okay. And did you guys stay together? No, he broke up with me because of this. So basically it went down uh, within two weeks. If I would be like really, really um, detailed. So we saw each other last time Tuesday and Friday I had my uh, first outbreak. And uh, the next week, Thursday, he got back the test back negative. And on Monday, he broke up with me through a text message uh, saying that, yeah, that he is sorry and the situation is unfortunate, but he doesn't really want to risk his health. So he doesn't really feel feel comfortable to uh, going forward with this relationship. Uh, I'm sorry. Were you together for a while? A year. No, a whole year? Yeah, we were supposed to move in together this October. But well, I was supposed to move out to UK, and we were supposed to live together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, are you okay? Let me ask you that first before we keep yeah, going. Yeah, okay, I'm okay. Oh, now you're you're okay now. I mean, of course, at the time, I'm sure you weren't. Yeah, I was not okay. Yeah. I was not okay, but you see, I can. I mean. I am that type of person when I can talk about things, like normally I won't go crying or, you know, choke or anything. I think I can say I'm okay. I'm okay. I can talk about it. I'm not crying, you see. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. And how did you get to this point? Because that's devastating. This is someone you were with for a year. He found out you had herpes and nobody really can understand and know who gave it to who, where it came from. Or anything yes, like I that. was really devastated, really. That's a very good word for that. Mm -hmm. Because I went through rough stuff in life and like different dark places. But I think in April, I really hit rock bottom. I had um, like two anxiety attacks. And yes, I was really down. Like I was not depressed or suicidal or anything like that. But... I really questioned my whole life. I questioned everything, my judgment. I questioned him, his reaction. I was kind of trying to find an answer and who to blame or whatever. Yes, I think I was trying to pin this on someone. But yeah, it's so hard. It's really hard because I always the responsible one 
and the cautious one and this was my second boyfriend and uh, I'm a relationship type of a girl I don't know I was like sitting there 28 you know with an STI and I was like I've been to be two men and I mean how on earth did I get here like what the F is going on you know and <laughs> I was like yeah I was a mess what helped you get through being a mess well I already was able to help myself through something in the past so I was really trying to just give myself time to kind of cry and uh, let it out and I don't know you feel sad and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I'm really not the type of a person that uh, drowns in self-pity and stays in bed for, I don't know, for a week. So basically when the outbreak, I don't know, when I healed or when it was better, I started to think and somehow gather myself. I didn't even get a sick leave like I was working and pushing and, you know, just getting through, like getting by mm -hmm. one day at a time. But after a while, when I was really like doing my research and trying to find some answers, I felt so overwhelmed that I had to get help. So I started to go to a therapist. So I was trying to somehow help myself to process it in a healthy way, you know? I wasn't really doing that for long. We had like four sessions. It was enough. So I got a professional point of view because all my friends were like, oh, he ain't shit. Like, you're better off without him. And don't, like, yeah. don't even worry. And I was like, okay, this is not helping me. Like, this is really not helping me. Yeah. So, yeah, I had to do it another way. Yeah. So your friends were there for you. They just weren't there for you in the way that you may have needed. I'm sure you wanted that support. It was nice to have, but you yeah, yeah, needed yeah. something else that could help you through those emotions. So a therapist was where you went and you got that. Yes. Yes, definitely. I am so thankful that my friends were there for me, even though I don't have really that many close friends, but the friends I told this, they were really supporting and you know, like zero judgment, nothing negative, not even my mom, no one. Actually, everyone was like, yeah, well, this sucks. How can I help? Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of. People, so. I love that you yeah. said that. And I'm so glad that you have such good friends as well who are just immediately jumping on board with helping you and asking how they can help. You said you did everything right when it came to dating. You only had two boyfriends. What is the sex education like over where you are in Slovakia? Hmm. Well, that's a good question. I haven't been in a school for a minute, you know, because I'm 28. So what I can remember, we had none, like literally no sexual education at all. But I know that on some schools there is already, but I really don't think that on all the schools, because I already talked with my therapist also about this. And she told me that she is doing something like that. So she has, like, talks with the kids about it. Okay. So it probably exists in, on some school. Back in my days, there was nothing like sexual education. 
That's interesting because um, over here in the States, a lot of the sex education that we have, they tell us to use condoms, they tell us to use barriers, or they tell us to ma- wait until marriage, which is <laughs> not working, obviously, because we have dating apps and we have people who yeah. are able to find their next sexual partner in just a thumb swipe or text message away. So yeah. it, it's not working here. And no education there. So it's good yeah. that your therapist is working on something like that to help talk to kids and help them get that education as well. Yeah. When you decided to do this podcast, did you think that you would be open about it? Did you think we would talk like this in this much detail? Yeah. You yeah, was- of course. Well, so far, I'm not like, you know, surprised or anything. Well, I listened to your podcast so far so i i kind of knew what's your style i think this podcast the more detailed the better i think because we should talk about this like as openly as possible because it always helps for example for me it it helped Mm -hmm. back then and also i like to listen to these kind of things even now so i think the more detailed the better okay I just want to encourage people to be able to utilize their support system. They're going to be there for you, and it helps. It helps for people to not only be able to talk to someone close to them, their friends and family, but if it is beyond that point, if it's beyond something your friends can just be there and support you and helping with and you're still feeling down, depressed, or just unable to process the emotion, it is very important for you to consider seeing a therapist. And Adele just said herself, you know, she talked to her friends. She had friends that she could talk to. So it's not like you only go to a therapist because you don't have anyone else you feel like you can talk to. You can go to a therapist even if you have someone to talk to. And you can just get that alternative, uh, objective view from someone who's a professional and can help you process the emotions and deal with the thoughts that come with it. you have anything that you want to add to that? You said everything really well, so... That's exactly how I meant it, and I agree, definitely, I agree. Awesome. What are you up to now? Like, what do you do for work? Are you dating? What's going on in your personal life? Well, I work just in a, in a small company, so that's not really interested. So the dating part, hmm, well, that's interesting. So actually, after I've been diagnosed, and I bounced back really quickly, it took me two months to gather myself, let's say. May, June. Yeah, in June I was already dating. I have to say, for me, dating was my little social study or something, because I was really curious how it will go from now on, you know, with the upgraded status. <laughs> and, well, yeah, I tried dating apps and stuff like that. And I cannot say I met, like, people I was really, really into or interested or anything. But it was positive because I got a lot of positive reactions and feedback and something like that. Because, you know what, I have to say this before anything else. When my now ex-boyfriend rejected me, I felt like, okay, now I am done. Because throughout that one year, we never had any conflict. Everything went really, really good. 
and uh, we never had like fights or arguments or disagreements or something we had the same plans and values and you know i thought we want the same things and throughout that year he kind of saw what kind of person i am because i showed him you know that i'm caring and that i'm funny or smart etc you know these qualities that take time to realize and after he rejected me i was like okay now he knew me for a year he knew that i am a decent person i have good qualities i have you know a lot of things i can bring to the table and he rejected me and i was like okay so a stranger that knows nothing about me i mean that would be even you know it would be a no-brainer he will say no off the bat i don't want to date or sleep or got involved and with anyone with herpes i was like okay so i think this this is how it will go and these were my expectations like literally i thought this will happen well i realized that it's not like that like really no there are people out there that you know they don't even flinch like okay they say okay and they were going on talking about what we talked about previously like you know they didn't even blink or okay there were guys that wanted to talk about it and i felt that even better because i really like the reaction is like okay thank you for sharing i appreciate it uh can i have questions or whatever like let's talk about it that's that's my favorite reaction to be honest mm-hmm. and uh yeah so i had maybe only only one guy that was really really just after sex and he was here just for i don't know a couple of days he said okay uh i appreciate it but i don't really feel like uh you know going further or i don't know and i was like okay cool whatever uh i didn't you know i didn't care because i was not really interested jumping right in bed with you know people i don't even know that much so yeah okay i was just uh you know talking to people and i was curious what mm-hmm. will come out of it yeah so when you first were rejected by your boyfriend, you put so much into that and you demonstrated who you are to him. And then he rejected you for having herpes. So it was yeah. like, wow, you know, I gave my everything to someone. And so now when I go to a new person and I give them even a little bit of that, they might even reject me before getting all of that. So you felt kind of helpless or hopeless. Because if you had all that to offer and someone rejected you, what's going to happen when you tell them before you can even give them sex, you tell them you have herpes and it's going to be like, oh, okay, I don't want it. And that's just kind of a short version of what you were just saying. Exactly. That's what I thought. And it was hard. It was really hard. And I I really was a textbook. Like I felt all the things that I hear from other people, like, I will never have sex. I will never have a relationship or no one will love me or want me or you know <laughs> like all these things that we heard for a million times. And yes, I went through all these stages and yeah, yeah, I felt all this. Yeah. And what's weird is that those thoughts aren't our own. Who told us that? <laughs> that when you get herpes, no one's going to love you. You're never going to have sex. You're not going to be in a relationship. No one ever physically said that to you. 
So why do we tell it to ourselves? You know, that's just something to think about. You know, if no one ever gave you a reason to think that or say that or believe that, where is this coming from? And it's not coming from anywhere. It's coming from the opinions of people who don't have herpes or don't know they don't have herpes and have no idea what it's like to live with it. So allow yourself time to live with herpes before you start to make judgments about what it means for you. Yeah, it's true, but I mean, I totally get why these feelings and emotions uh, come to people or to me and, I don't know, to many of uh, people dealing with uh, herpes, because first, the, our first reaction is also like, I, I was a bit like disgusted from this whole situation, and yes, I had to work hard to understand that, okay, I am not disgusting, this is not disgusting, I mean, it sucks, but I really didn't do anything wrong. So why would I, um, you know, why am I feeling like a failure or that i done a big uh, mistake or, you know, something like that. And, yeah, it takes time. It's really individual when the person realizes it. Yeah. Well, Adele, I thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. I'm still going to figure out your last name and how to say it right. And when yeah. I get it, I'm going to send you a voice message. <laughs> but okay. Okay. Um, thank okay. you so, so much for joining us on this podcast and just being able to be here and be out there about this with me. If people are in Slovakia or somewhere nearby, are you open to allowing them to reach out to you um, maybe for support or uh, maybe get together to create like a community that can put together some, I don't know, you guys can get together and hang out or just talk. I, I don't I don't know exactly yeah. what it looks like, but I would like to have people in places that when they are looking for support nearby to be able to find it. So you're the first person I've ever spoken to from Slovakia, as far as I know. So um, I would love to be able to just have you as a resource and just maybe put your Instagram handle on the podcast if that's okay yeah sure it, i would love to help other people and i would love to if people would reach out and i i am i here for anybody that needs uh, to talk or to get some information or i don't know a shoulder to cry on anything i really i'm here thank you and that's what it means to just hashtag be there it's just to be there for people and let them know yeah. that you're there for them yeah. for support and you are able to just connect them to the resources that they need throughout their diagnosis. So, Adele, um, that's all I got for you. If you want, you can just close us out with something that you wanted to say if you didn't get to say it. Well, I just really, really would love if the stigma would really just vanish altogether because we have to really talk about these things and everyone is having sex and nobody wants to really talk openly about it and I think that's ridiculous and I really hope that it will change dramatically. And this is where it starts. It starts with people like you who are willing to come on here and talk and share their experience and be willing to be there for other people. So I thank you for that. I thank you I could join you today. Thanks, Adele. 
This concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People featuring Adele in Slovakia, whose last name I promise I'm going to learn and I'm going to pronounce it right to her and get her approval on it. <laughs> I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Reddit at H on my chest. Please, please, please rate, review, share this podcast with uh, anyone, really. If you're someone who is comfortable with being out about herpes or you're already out or considering it, the hashtag I have herpes and is what we'll be using to demonstrate that we're more than just someone living with an STI. We can say, I have herpes and I have a family, or I have herpes and I have some cool hobbies or started a business, whatever it is about yourself that you have going on. And then the hashtag, what stigma is for people who may not want people to know they have herpes or who may know someone who has herpes. And you can get family and friends involved here to say that they know someone who's living with herpes and they can brag about you or brag about someone they know who may have disclosed to them and talk about what you guys are still doing. Like, yeah, um, my friend so-and-so has herpes and, or they can be anonymous. And then you can talk about how nothing's really changed with your relationship. Or after disclosing that you guys felt like you were able to get closer. So you can just end it with hashtag what stigma, which just means that the things about the stigma, the untruths, the lies about being promiscuous, being dirty, disgusting, gross, not unlovable. Those things don't apply in all cases. Now, if you're an asshole, that's a little bit different. But um, in this case, we want to be able to use that hashtag, what stigma, to create allies of the HSV community so that we build a foundation for other people to be able to come out about their status and disclose to potential partners and maybe be able to share that information whenever they're struggling to deal with it, going through depression or suicidal thoughts or anything like that, to be able to just open up with somebody in their support system and then begin the process of recovering and being able to reach out to a therapist even and get their life back in their hands. So, any participation, even if it's later, I'm still going to use the hashtags and hopefully a lot of the other people who uh, see it will get involved as well. I appreciate you for listening. And again, thank you for interacting with the podcast and thanks for listening. Till next time, stay positive.